Hey, Vanessa. Hey, Michael. The other night, we were watching one of those house shows. Mm -hmm. And the walls in this house they were looking at were all painted green, like neon green, glow-in-the-dark green. Or do you remember those 1990s shorts all the soccer people wore? What was it? Umbra? Yes. It was like Umbra yellow green. Yes, because I had Umbra. A lot of people who didn't even play soccer had Umbra. It was like the Adidas of that time. Anyways. What show was that? I think it's called House Hunters. And as they went through this hideous green, Grinch green, what did you say they should do? They needed to repaint the walls. Do you mean repent? Repaint. Repaint. They've been painted once. They need to repaint them. There's no such thing as repaint. It's Fine. Paint. Paint. Paint the walls. It's paint. Just paint. Fine. Welcome to Fireproof Your Finances, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duel with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation. I mean, I talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael and his firm, Legacy Financial Network, to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Welcome, everyone, to Fireproof Your Finances. I am your host, Michael Markey. With me today, as she is each and every week, my lovely, happy, maybe happy, well, not always happy. Exceptionally tired. You're always exceptionally tired. If you're always exceptionally something, it's not exceptional. Okay, fine. Today, it's exceptional. Mm-hmm. Not normally this tired. My wife, Vanessa Markey. Hi, everyone. See, not really that tired, but tell us. So we got a good show lined up for you today. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about it. And before we get into it, I just want to remind people, if you want to connect with us, come over to Twitter. The new Twitter thing. Come over to Twitter. Why not? I don't know. Go to Twitter. I don't like this whole Twitter thing, but we did it for you guys. So meet us, connect with us. Like us, nope. Join us. Connect. Follow. Follow us. Follow. On Twitter.com at FireproofShow on Twitter.com. Mm-hmm. So tell us what we're going to learn on today's show. The three questions you should be able to answer for retirement or you're in trouble. I totally slaughtered the name of the article that I found, but three things you should be able to answer in retirement. Okay. And that was a pretty good article. I read it mm-hmm. too. And... I also want to talk about is behavioral finance. Can you be, can you say that you're mathematical and not be prepared for, for retirement? That's a good question. So we'll learn that too. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we're going to get today. Like normally we have all these grand plans and then we don't get to half of it. So nope. maybe that's enough. We'll start there and see where it goes. All right. So you sent to me an article that you read. I think once again, it might've came from MSN. 
I don't know. That's my homepage. Why? Who has that as a homepage? Because it was default. Like, I don't change things. I just click on the internet and whatever pops up, pops up. It's the Motley Fool, by the way. I'm surprised MSN. MSN still has a homepage. They do. They have a lot of news on it. All right. So what is the article that you said? It says, if you can't answer these three questions, your retirement income is in trouble. Or just kidding. Your retirement is in trouble. Well, I guess apparently I add words when I read. Um, Actually, right there, that's a Freudian slip. Why? Because you know what we talk about all the time on the show? Hmm. That retirement is not about the accumulation of assets. Right. Because you can have lots of assets and be broke. Right. We say all the time that retirement is about income. Mm -hmm. And so we talk about how money is a tool and tools don't have meaning. They have purpose. You'll spend it, income, or give it. Also need income to give. But anyway, so what was the, so there's three questions. Yes. And the author, what was her name? Christy Bieber. Not related to Justin, maybe, but I'm not sure. You didn't do your research? I did not Google her to see if she's related to Justin Bieber. Sorry. Journalism skills right now are failing us. Not a journalist. But the first question. (laughs) Possibly. The first question that you should be able to answer in retirement is how much should you be saving for retirement? That is, if you don't know what your goal for retirement savings is, it's impossible to ensure you're on track to meet it. So there's a couple rules of thumb. Yes. And the author gives us one. One rule of thumb you may hear, though, is that you should be putting 15% of your earnings away. Mm-hmm. But that's true if you start, say, at 30. Okay. If you don't start till 40, it might be more like 18%. If you don't start till 50, it might be more like 25%. And it also is dependent on when you want to retire. Right. So when we use these rules of thumb, you got to understand all of the assumptions. Mm-hmm. So if we say at 30, you got to put 15% away, that's going to be for somebody who's going to retire in their mid 60s. Right. So if you choose, well, I want to retire in my mid 50s, it's got to be more. Right. So they gave us one. They're, they're, they, I actually think they gave us three ways. They did. What was the first way that they said, or the first um, thing that you should... The, the first, first bullet point for rule. the first question. Yeah, first rule of thumb. It says, aim to save 10 times your final salary. And it says, this is the simplest approach since it just involves estimating your final salary before retirement and multiplying by 10. So now you ask me, is that legitimate or would that work? Right. And again, it depends on when you're retiring. Right. So if you're retiring, say at 50, no. Well, here's a good example. My dad's dad Mm -hmm. just turned 80 this past week. My mom's mom just turned 85. Mm -hmm. My dad's dad worked until at least 65 and he still does odd jobs for my dad my mom's parents got very fortunate and retired at like 50 right they had a nice pension from each of their employers and they had you know investments and things but quite frankly neither of them expected to live to 85 sure and they're not doing bad but that's a huge that's 35 years that they have not worked now right Mm mm-hmm so what you're saying, I think what you're saying there is that the 10 times your final salary would not have been enough. It, well, it may have been with them, though, because they had the pension. Well, yeah, that's true. We don't have those nowadays. And then on top of that, though, it will also depend on how your income has increased. Right. So if most of your career you've been at 40000 then all of a sudden the last three, four or five years of your working career, which, by the way, 
This is pretty typical. Mm -hmm. I see people the last four or five years of retirement, all of a sudden their, their income really builds. Right. And so if I said, well, you need 10 times your ending salary, if you've always been at 40 and all of a sudden you end at 60, that number is probably not going to be that accurate. Right. So I, I don't like that first bullet point. Say, I get it that it's easy. And in finance, we're looking for easy things that people can remember. Right. But it doesn't take into significant factors that could completely screw that up. Right. How about number two? What was the second bullet point? Uh, figure out how much income you'll need and work backwards. And I did not get this. I'm just going to well, throw that this out will be the old 80% rule. And if you're listening right now, you've probably heard before, well, you need 80% of your uh, pre-retirement income in retirement. I'm going to tell you right now, that is one of the most dangerous rules that you can have. And it's an outdated rule. Right. But that brings us to our first break. When we come back, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to share with you why that's an outdated rule, why that used to work, and how you can get in trouble by being dependent on that rule going forward. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll be right United Airlines makes it easy to fly from Muskegon County Airport with a travel-friendly schedule and competitive airfares. Haven't flown from Muskegon in a while? Fly locally with a short commute and parking located just steps from the terminal. Check-in and security lines are never more than 50 passengers per flight. At the end of your trip, get your bags quickly and be home in no time. Flights depart daily at 6.30 a.m. and 1 p.m. Starting mid-February, the evening flight arrives at 11.20 p.m. to maximize return flight options from most locations. It pays to check Muskegon first at united.com. Nothing says I love you more than caring for your family's financial future. The nonprofit International Association of Registered Financial Consultants believes in having a plan in place to promote financial security. Look to one of their ethical and experienced members for financial planning and protection. Go to www.iarfc.org. That's www.iarfc.org and find a financial consultant in your area. Welcome back, everybody, to segment two of Fireproof Your Finances. This segment brought to you by Muskegon Airport. You had to think about that for a minute. Well, I always, because in my head, I call Muskegon International. It's not. They're not. Right. But, so I'm flying out here like twice next month. Yes. And the first one is on my, so sometimes people go, well, Mike, the only reason you fly out of Muskegon is because so-and-so company is paying for it. It's on my own dime right. here in a month. Mm -hmm. I'm still going out of Muskegon. Right. Because I love, I, you know, this sounds like this, like a little infomercial. It's not. But I love that. I, I like the people. I like the customer service. And the TSA line is three minutes long. Right. We were in it for seven minutes one time. We're like, I don't know what's going on. Here. Well, and I'm not driving you to Grand Rapids. Yes, because you're very helpful on things like that. Nope. I'm not driving you to Grand Rapids. And if you drove yourself, the parking alone would end up being the same as what it is the extra to fly out of Muskegon. So what's so. the point? Let's get back to the article that you said. Yes. Well, in case you're tuning in, what was it titled and where did you find it? If you can't answer these three questions, your retirement is in trouble. It popped up on MSN because that's my homepage, right. believe it or not. One of the three people still tuning into MSN. But it is from The Motley Fool. All right. And we left off with the rule of thumb that you only need 80% of your income in retirement. Mm -hmm. Now, you and I were talking about this. Yeah. 
give me a number. Give me a number that like, let's say like most people, they have X, right? Like for retirement savings? Uh, No, for income. income. Yeah. Whatever number. It doesn't matter. 50. All right. So imagine you list anyone listening right now. Imagine you're, you have $50,000 coming in, you know, take home pay. Mm-hmm. Now, a rule like this could possibly work if you're, if you're using it from gross pay. Okay. But nobody cares about gross pay. Right. They only count what they net. Once a year, you will tell me, if I ask you, what do you make? Once a year, you'll tell me your gross pay. And it's now. It's right, right now because you, you just got your W-2. You're doing your tax. You're like, well, I made 50 grand. The rest of the year, I ask, what do you make? And you're like, well, Mike, I'm paid. Uh, I, I get a thousand bucks every two weeks or whatever it may be. Right. Which is what's deposited into your account. Exactly. It's not what your actual paycheck is. And where you get in trouble on this is a lot of people then take the 80% and they take it of that thousand or whatever it may be. They take it on what's being deposited. Right. And it's been so ingrained that when I ask people, well, why? Why do you only need 80% of what you've had coming in deposited? They go, well, because, you know, I've, I've heard that for 20 years, Mike. There's got to be a reason. Well, hold on. I mean, why? Play because devil's advocate. people assume that their expenses are going to go down when they stop working. Give me one. Gas. Yep. I get that one a lot. So let's Your work. house is going to be paid off by the time you retire. At least most people assume so. Now, I said, give me one and you give me two. Okay, fine. Gas. But Just no, go with I want to do the house real quick. Okay. I'm going to be stubborn. A lot of people listening right now, especially in West Michigan, your house is, you either care about getting that house paid off or you don't. Fair? Mm-hmm. So most of you, most that I meet with, it's either paid off by now or you refinanced three years ago, which means- right. Not going to change. Right. So take that aside. And not a lot of you have 20% of your pay going to your house by that point. Right. But anyway, take that off the table. Um, <clears throat> what was the other one you gave? Gas, gas, right? So they go, well, I'm not going to need that much gas. All right, cool. So how many miles do you drive right now? Well, I probably, I drive like, uh, you know, 15,000 miles a year. All right. Okay. And how many do you think you're going to drive when you're not working? I don't know, maybe 10. All right, so you reduce it by a third. That's pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so you're, you'll re, you'll no longer drive 5,000 miles. If you're getting a 25 mile to the gallon car, right? Mm-hmm. That's going to save you 200 gallons of fuel. How much does a gallon of fuel cost? $2.50 right now, I think. I'm going to round up and say three because you've been putting premium when maybe you don't need to. Just, it's easier. Okay. So how many gallons did I say you're going to save? 200. 200. At three bucks a gallon, which you're probably not paying. But if you did, that's 600 bucks. Not a whole lot. It's 50 bucks a month. Right. That's 12.50 a week. Yeah. That's not that your 20%. Well, Mike, I'm no longer going to have to uh, buy business clothes. All right, cool. How often do you go shopping? Oh, I don't know. Maybe three times a year. And when you go shopping three times a year for these clothes, um, how much do you spend? Well, probably about a hundred bucks. Okay. Right. Now let me throw, let me throw a caveat at you. Right now, if you're working, most listening work how many hours a day? Eight. And five days a week. Yep. So it's 40 hours. If you're not working, you now have 40 hours a week that used to be preoccupied that now you don't have preoccupied. Right. You've got more time to go and spend. 
Right. So I will argue any savings that you get, well, I don't have to go out to eat during lunch anymore. I'm not going to have work clothes. I'm not going to be driving as much. You're going to be bored, though, so you're probably going to go get a golf membership. Do you think that's what everyone does when they retire? No. No, no, no. It's okay. You can say yes. Because sure. That was, that's like your first, you're like, they're just going to golf. It was the first thing that popped into my mind, Debbie Downer. I just, it's expensive. It can be, sure. So the point is, though, if you're may if you if you've got fifty grand, so husband wife, you got fifty grand coming in. Mm-hmm. Tell me where you're going to suddenly not have ten thousand dollars worth of expenses. Right. Because fuel was six hundred bucks. Even if there's right. two of you, that's twelve hundred. That's not a lot. No. Clothes, another. It, it it doesn't add up. I'm yet to find it add up for most people. Now, there was three things they said that you should be able to answer in this article. What was number two? Where is your retirement money invested? Now, there's a lot of people who probably don't know the answer to that completely. Right. Because they're going to say, well, I've got an advisor and I trust that advisor. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that's really what they were saying here. Because as you read through it, it talks about different type of or different types of taxable accounts. And then they use the word, and this is, you already know, and I'm going to try not to go on right. a tangent on this, bugs the living you-know-what out of me. They use the word, and you should put money into, actually it says, first and foremost, choose the right kind of tax-advantaged investment. It goes into an IRA and a 401k. Mm-hmm. And it says, if you put 15000 into one of these tax-advantaged retirement accounts, well... What does advantage mean? No idea. Privilege. Advantage? Doesn't that mean like to benefit? Yes. So how do you know? Like it says, well, tax advantage. First of all, the the actual term for this is tax deferred. Right. Not tax advantaged, tax deferred. And I'm not against this tool. I recommend people all the time to use an IRA. Or a 401k. You're upset at the people who use a different terminology for it to try to make it sound better. Exactly. It's not what it's called. You all see what I listen to on a it's nightly basis. It's not what it's called. Yeah, I know, honey. I know. Anyway. So, tax advantage. It could be tax disadvantage. Because if what if you're in a higher tax bracket when you go into retirement? So, if you defer, that's why it's called tax deferred. If right. you defer the tax that you're paying right now. You're going to be paying more tax in retirement if your tax bracket is higher. Or they raise taxes. Or they do that. Because I don't know if you know about this green deal. Uh-oh, I went down a bad road. Yeah, you did, because a lot of the articles I read right now are not happy about tax plans as they are. But if you go down the green deal, I, you know what? I'm not trying to make a political statement. I'm saying taxes could go up. Is there anybody listening right now that goes, There's Mike, there's no way. There's absolutely no way that taxes could go up. They could. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you are living in a bubble. They could go up. Right. And then if you defer, if you're in the same bracket you're in today and you defer it, it's not tax advantaged. It's tax disadvantaged. So don't use new terms. It's called tax deferred for a reason. Okay, anyways, I think that what is the point of these tax-deferred accounts? Well, let's get into that. 
we'll finish the show talking about how this is a perfect example on how people get put down. You know, they get the wrong information. Right. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Michael. What? Just because we don't have a car payment doesn't mean that you get to go on eBay and buy whatever you want because it was a good deal. All right. So a lot of our listeners know I probably have a problem when it comes to vehicles. We have old classics, even some new classics. We got UNX limo. We even have a fire truck. How do you find a place that can do everything? All those different type of vehicles, transmissions, oil changes, little repairs, big repairs. It's pretty hard. I've been taking all of our cars to Global Auto Works in Grand Haven for at least the last five years. And Mike asks the hard questions that nobody seems to be able to answer, so if he can trust them, so can you. If you're having car trouble, go to Global Auto Works. Their phone number is 616-499-4451. That's 616-499-4451. Say Mike and Vanessa sent you. Their number is 616-499-4451. 499-4451. Retirement today looks much different than it has in the past, but it doesn't have to. New Generation Retirement Planning offers a holistic approach to preparing for your golden years. You are invited to a complimentary Social Security workshop to learn how you can utilize this holistic approach to retirement planning. For times, location, and to reserve your seat at one of these workshops, call Legacy Financial Network at 855-LF-NETWORK or visit us at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com to learn more. Welcome back, everyone, to the final segment of Fireproof Your Finances. We are your hosts, and it's always a pleasure for us. It's humbling. We are. I can't tell you how appreciative we are to walk this journey with you, to help people, to help you, the listeners, you know, look at finance, to approach finances differently. Mm-hmm. Now... We left with, I guess, a rant. We left talking about tax deferred Thank you. accounts. Don't go into the rant. Go back to the money. So the author said, well, if you put 15000 into one of these tax advantaged accounts and you're in the 22% tax bracket, you'll get $3,300 deduction off your taxable income. Now, first of all, this author lists 401ks or an IRA. Mm-hmm. But if you're in the 22%, if you're in the 22% federal income tax bracket, because of the phase out for contributions to an IRA, you won't save $3,300. Right. Most of that, actually, I think all of that at the 22% bracket, but at least most of it. Goes away, right? Mm -hmm. Most of that will not be tax deductible for most people. There is a kind of a quirky rule. Well, I guess it'll take me a minute. If you're... If you don't have access to an employer plan, then it can. Ah, okay. Okay. But uh, other than that, most, but most people, by the way, the 22% tax bracket, because it's 10, 12, and 22, that's about a hundred and um, round numbers. Mm-hmm. It's about 160,000 of taxable income. That's after your deduction. So that's about 190, 186,000 okay. of gross income. Very few people who have that kind of gross income don't have access to an employer. Right. That aside, in the end, the only reason it would be better, the only reason you do use tax deferred is when you think you're going to be in a lower bracket later. Right. That's why you do it. Now, you and I haven't always agreed on this as an example. So we each have a 401k available through our 
our employers. Mm-hmm. Now we're in a high tax bracket right now. And part of that's because of some principal payments we're making on some of the buildings through the business. But I don't want to, now when you put into say a Roth IRA or mm-hmm. Roth 401k, you're locking in that tax bracket. Right. So I looked at it and I said, I don't want to lock in a high tax bracket. I would rather take our chance and defer it till later. Okay. But you're putting into a Roth, aren't you? I asked your opinion and you told me to do whatever I wanted to. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to do this. No, that's not true. Because later on, I said, why? And I challenged you on it. Maybe you don't remember. And you go, well, you don't know. It was a good point. You said, you don't know what tax bracket we'll be in in 40 years, Mike, or 30 years. Well, that's true. And you don't know what they'll be at that point. And you looked at me and you go, I feel better it being at this bracket. I feel better knowing that it will never have to pay tax on it again. Yes. That's not wrong because you're right. We don't know. But if you're 10 years out of retirement or five years out of retirement, at that point, do you lock in a high tax rate when we, if we know you're going to be in a lower one? No. I'd argue no. All right. Our, the last thing this author said, um, what you need to know, if, or if you don't know you're in trouble in your retirement, what was that? How much are you paying in fees? And so, like so many times, they show you that how much just 1% of additional fees eats away at the return. Mm-hmm. But then this goes back to 100% being mathematical. So it's been proven over and over that an index mutual fund will outperform nearly all, like 80% of man- actively managed funds because okay. of the fees. But you know, I was thinking about something the other day, and I don't know how I feel about this. But when you say, well, this fund you know, with no fees would be $1.1 million, and this one with fees over 35 years would be 900000 It's a difference of 200000 Therefore, the one at nine hundred is inferior, right? Right. Mathematically. Right. But what if because of that fee, because it was actively managed, because it wasn't just following the market, what if, bear with me, what if, what if some people stayed the course when things were bad because they felt more confident? They'd Could, probably end up further ahead than if they didn't pay the fee. Couldn't that over, yeah, I think what you're saying is that could, it's, we could argue. Now, it's hard for us to quantify that, isn't it? I can't just give you a mathematical equation. Right. But for some people, that's going to overcome that $200,000 difference. Correct. I was meeting with somebody here a few weeks ago, and I talk a lot about behavioral finance with folks. And the husband looks at me, he goes, he got, I do a lot of stories. I do a lot of analogies. Surprise. Well, since you got on the show, you told me like, I don't find finance intimidating because I do it all the time. Right. But people who don't do it all the time, you know, when you take a complicated subject matter and you deal with it infrequently, it's easy to get overwhelmed. Right. And so I'm giving these stories. I'm giving these analogies. Husband looks at me and goes, you know, Mike, I don't need all these analogies. I don't need all these stories. I said, well, all right. Why do you feel that way? And he looks at me and goes, I'm 100% mathematical. All you got to do is give me the math and then I'll make the right choice. Right. I look at myself. I'm told that I'm pretty blunt, but I guess in this example, I realized that how rude being blunt would be. That's amazing. I'm growing. Wow. Well, here he is, maybe a year, two years from retirement. Okay. No pension, not a great social security. Okay. House isn't paid off. Okay. He's got 50,000 put away. How can you tell me? You're 100%, this is what I, in my mind, 
How can you tell me that you're what met 100% mathematical? You never make emotional decisions. You've got 50,000 put away. And I'm not judging you if you got 50,000 put away and you're in this situation. Right. Life I'm, does happen, but. Well, what I'm saying is life happens all the time. I work with people like that all the time. We've got clients from 10,000 to 10 million. But you can't tell me behaviors and emotions haven't factored into your decisions. Right. Because if you were 100% mathematical, you would have realized this isn't good. Right. You would have realized that I need to take on a second job. And if he's got two jobs, you'd be like, I got to take on three. I don't want to. I don't want to give up this time, but I got to do it. You would have realized maybe your house is too big. I don't want to give up my house, but I got to because the math is bad. Right. You would have realized that I'm spending too much each month. I like cable, but I can't afford it. Even though I'm not accruing debt, I'm not putting enough away for when I retire. Right. So if you're not where you want to be and you tend to go, well, I'm pretty mathematical. You can't be. I'm really mathematical. And I would still say there's times that I've done stupid things with money. Yes, you have, Don't even bring up a boat. Don't even do it. A boat? No. Not yes, a boat, which means you can't bring up two boats because A would include two. Right. We are emotional beings. You can't say you're a hundred percent mathematical if sometimes you make decisions that don't mathematically make sense. That's all the time we have for you guys today. It's always our pleasure. We are your hosts. Until next week, this has been another episode of Fireproof Finances. God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Finance. For more information, contact Michael J. Markey Jr. of Legacy Financial Network. Call toll-free at 855-LF-NETWORK or online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.